You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be in this big wide world. Welcome to the Bride Chiller Podcast. Alicia here. I'm the founder of Bride Chiller and I'm delighted that you have downloaded and subscribed to this podcast and hopefully you are listening because you are getting married or interested in getting married or just interested in weddings. I don't know. I'm not judging. Just listen and enjoy it. Uh, it's all about getting rid of wed stress and helping you navigate the sometimes complicated world of wedding planning and making it easier for you. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back a lovely guest who was actually one of my very first, well, actually, she was my 11th episode guest of the what was been known before as the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the wonderful Karen Cinnamon. Uh, welcome back to Bride Chiller. Oh, hi. Why are we lasting so long? The years have flown by and you're now have an international empire and I'm begging to you, be a guest. Oh, hush and nini. You also have an international empire, I must say. Karen uh, is the founder of SmashingTheGlass.com, which is the number one biggest, hugest, most amazing Jewish wedding planning website in the world. I shit you not. I said shit already, Karen. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, you're right. We've both kind of been on these journeys and we connected yeah. all those years ago. We've stayed in touch and it's just been yes. such a pleasure. But we haven't actually, I haven't been on the podcast. And this is just the most fantastic thing ever. I love your community and, and what you're doing. Oh. And, and I think what I'm doing is about community as well. At, it is. Core. Whereas I think when we spoke some years ago, I was more a sort of, publication and interested in ideas and creative ideas whereas now I'm really interested in the sort of you know the emotional side of wedding planning and and yeah. um yeah a meaningful day I think both of our brands and communities have evolved and we had coffee a couple of months ago and we both have gotten along. We, we've, we've seen each other since the first podcast. We see each other socially. We both live yeah. in London and it's been lovely to grow and learn about business with you as well as a friend. And, you know, I think we've got a very similar ethos to the wedding industry, but also connecting people with new ideas and also trying to bring the wedding industry into at least the 2000s, if that's possible. Uh, and I'm happy today that we are talking about well looking we just had a chat off air about how to really talk about bringing culture and heritage and faith and backgrounds together when you're in a union not everyone's from the same background not everyone has the same belief systems not everyone was born in the same country and sometimes it can cause people to feel stressed by how to recognize and reflect on all of our differences but to bring them together so I am so happy that you're here because you do this every day and you talk about this every day and I often put my foot in my mouth so I'm handing it over to you today Karen Cinnamon. <laughs> oh thank you well I mean I set up Smash the Glass um, just after I got married I had a Jewish wedding you know it was was, mm -hmm. It was the same faith. But I saw many friends around me, uh, Jewish friends marrying non-Jews, and and they were struggling. There was no blueprint for their ceremony. They just didn't feel like they were doing anything right. And I wanted to make sure when I set up Smash in the Glass that as well as it being a platform for people planning Jewish weddings, that also the interfaith Jewish weddings, and I called it, I call it Jewish. And Love it's it. really, I feel like I've really helped that, those guys. And I've, as a res 
as a result, I've really um, been very interested in, you know, making the brand very inclusive. And the more kind of crazy fusion the wedding is, the more <laughs> the more excitement it's met with. And it's, you know, it's really enabled people to celebrate, you know, a Jewish Muslim wedding or a, mm. a gay, um, you know, crazy Indian Scottish wedding and you know I'm, I'm proud to say that you know even on platforms like our YouTube channel we never get any negative comments uh, right. anything like that and I think when you're celebrating something and you just waving a you know your hands in the air with such joy you know people don't want to be come in and say oh gosh that's I don't like the sound of this you know so mm. I'm really proud that you know even though religions involve involved it's a very celebratory platform and and we've again commute thanks to the community around the world but yeah it's it's interesting that as the years pass people want to feel that they want to include both faiths both backgrounds blend them seamlessly together to create one beautiful ceremony reception you know it should seep into every element of the wedding and I'd love to help with any kind of advice or tips that you know your community may be interested in. Yes. And, and I think this is a, well, I know this is a really big topic of discussion in the Bride Chiller community. I know, Karen, you're a member and you uh, have commented, you know, you've made some really productive, helpful comments on some posts where people are, I think people get stressed because they don't want to offend, but they want to yeah. be inclusive. But then also, especially if, um, you, you know, looking at interfaith marriages, you've got older generations. And I know we've spoken about this um, in episode 11 when you were first on talking about the Jewish community, but this expands to everyone, um, that sometimes the elder folk can get a bit stuck in their ways and they're like, well, that's not the way we should, we do it 50 years ago. And as younger people, we are probably, and I don't want to say not as, I'm not saying the older generation are as inclusive, but we're probably a bit more open-minded about how we can be a little bit more flexible with how we include, um, as you said, our heritage, faith, culture, different, um, traditions from different countries into our ceremony with having out having to stick to one particular way that they did it in the 40s. Yeah, and I think that element um, accounts for every couple. I mean, I certainly see in my community, even, you know, a same faith Jewish wedding, the parents mm. still think things, you know, tradition should be done the way they used to be done. Whereas sometimes now in 2019, as this, this, the year this podcast being recorded, um, you know, mm. my community wants to just twist the traditions a little bit to make them more meaningful. And I think when it comes to pleasing parents versus what's important to you, I think, um, it's that old advice pick your battles you know mm -hmm. as a couple as a couple you need to choose the two or three things that are really important to you that the, the absolute you know non-deal breakers um that you are going to stick pass by and then elements that oh you know I, I don't mind so much if my parents do a or b um you know let them kind of have that joy so it's just about being really clear on with you and your partner first on on what are your non-negotiables before you kind of open it out and the other advice I like to give is a, a state you know, something as a fact rather than ask for an opinion um, mm. and that that way you know that, that you, you tend to be met with respect and okay rather than oh no you don't want to be doing it like that and you know the, the parents thing is something we talk about a lot because I think when you're getting married it's that 
moment in the, your life where your parents, you know, that relationship with your parents is changing. You're not, you know, maybe it's the last time they're ever organizing anything with you as their sort of child. And they, 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 they want to micromanage and some elements. So yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge part of wedding planning, managing parents, whether it's to do with a religious aspect or not. Um, and I, and I just think in general, when you are, you know, fusing or um, embracing two different cultures, backgrounds, traditions. I think in the end, you have to make value judgments about your day and make sure everything you do works with how you intend to go forward in life as a couple. Oh, that's um, a good and point. Sort of have that as your big picture. Yes, because there's no use, and oh, this probably sounds rough from someone that's culture free, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> m- m- you know, I, I, our family aren't religious. I'm just a white girl from Hobart, Tasmania, but I love learning about other cultures. And, and I think over the last four years of making this podcast, I've learned so much about uh, different traditions, whether they're re- attached to religion or um, and faith, but also the idea that. If you are practicing, and this is about wedding traditions as well, there's lots of hanky wedding traditions that we keep repeating over and over again that don't have any relevance to our lives. Mm. Um, But if you are incorporating an element of religion and faith or a culture that doesn't have any meaning to you but you're doing it just because, it might be a good time to step back, as you said, and say, why are we doing this? What's the purpose of this without getting too deep? I know. I mean, on a very simple, basic level, I would just say try to include everything that you believe in as a couple and leave out anything that you don't understand or agree with. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, do include your your parents and your loved ones. It can be difficult for them. but include them once you've decided as a couple what's important to you so that their opinions don't kind of change up too much of the values that you and your your partner hold. Um, that would be my advice. And I, I also say instead of feeling constrained by the fact that you're having a um, mixed faith wedding or a fusion wedding or whatever it is, feel um, liberated by the fact that there are no rules for you to mm. and you can create a ceremony that's absolutely perfect for the two of you. You can choose an officiant that you both connect with. Um, It could be a family member. It could be a celebrant. It could be a rabbi and a priest. You know, there's all sorts of potential combinations. But do put your foot down about making the ceremony meaningful and symbolic to you as a couple um, and, and, and how you kind of want to represent moving forward. I had a great um, message from a, a, a bride chiller who was saying that she was incorporating, She's uh, her partner is Catholic and her family are pagans and they live in Ireland. And she said, look, bugger it, we are going to have two ceremonies because it's really important to us. So they're going to the Catholic church first and then they're going back to their main venue and then they're having a, a, a short but fabulous pagan uh, ceremony where they're doing the hand fasting. And that's really important to her family. And to her and I thought that was really great because it also opens um, the Catholic side of his family up to her what's really meaningful to her family and I sort of said to her it's a great way to bring your two families together and let each other into that world that maybe they wouldn't have experienced before Mm. um, and, and give them that that sort of insight because that's also what it's about isn't it joining families I absolutely love that and I've seen that done quite a bit as well on smashing the glass where they maybe have a civil ceremony followed by a Jewish ceremony and all kinds of combinations and you can actually if you want to do one straight after the other in the same Mm. space and have maybe a piece of music to connect 
to connect one into the other. Nice. And, you know, don't feel, again, constrained by traditions and rituals. You can include readings. You can involve... um, family members from both sides to come up and you know the other the other thing that I always like to say with these um embracing you know two different cultures or whatever it is is make sure you know you're going to have in in the audience the guests you know people from two different faiths two different backgrounds and you want to make sure everybody's included Mm. and, and feels included and understand what's going on and I always recommend in these situations in fact for every wedding I would recommend um creating a wedding program it doesn't have to cost anything you can DIY it you can have it printed properly if you want to and just outline kind of the elements of the ceremony and explain why you've chosen each bit and the symbolism behind it and it just makes sure that people you know understand what's going on and um, you can also include some fun elements in it like your how you met story um, a quote that, that 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 you both love in memory of you know it can be a lovely souvenir piece but it just ensures also that there's something for your guests to look at so they understand and feel included and it, it, I, I think that's important. Oh, I agree. I often tell the story of going to a um a a, a Greek Roman Catholic wedding and it was beautiful but I did not understand a single thing that was going on and there was a lot of standing up and sitting down and it, we were confused and I thought if we'd only just got a little card or something that said here's the deal none of this is going to be in English it's really meaningful to us mm-hmm. it's, you're going to have a good time but you might be confused but here's some dot points of what's happening and you know I, I thought it was still a beautiful ceremony but if I if I had gone in getting it a little bit more it probably would have been a bit more impactful for me as a guest and that's mm-hmm. selfish because it's all about me as usual Karen but it, you know I, I would have loved to have just learned a little bit more about uh, it wasn't Roman Catholic it was Greek Orthodox excuse me already fucked that up but it was it was one of those things oh my god there you go again uh, but it was it was beautiful, but geez, still had to Google what was being said and how it all went down yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing you can do as a couple, again, to make your best guests feel included, which I think is the you know we all want a, a wedding that's you know got a great atmosphere, and you know that's mm. something money can't buy. But what you can do create great atmosphere is prepare your guests, and you know even if you're having a wedding website, have a ceremony you know a little element about the ceremony that if they're so inclined they can read about it before and they can really understand um and I also um want to add that again to feel really free to do um a ceremony that reflects who you are as a couple um, rather than feel constrained and also bring it into your reception as well you know include music dancing all kinds of things food the food you choose should could reflect your heritage your background and you know what your guests want something different they're bored of the same wedding every week they want to experience something different so you know go for it and liberate yourselves and 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 have fun with it and you can always you know stop you know check things out with your officiant every now and then if you need to but initially really feel feel free and then rein it in a bit if you need to Karen, after the break, I'd love to talk to you about bilingual services, not to put you on the spot, but I get a lot of questions about this and I think you're the gal to answer a little bit about what we could do here. This is Bride Chiller. I'm speaking to the lovely Karen Cinnamon from smashingtheglass.com. There'll be more of Bride Chiller after this. 
Chillers, when it comes to our body's need for extra vitamins and minerals, we're all different. For example, my dear, dear husband, Richard, is not that keen on eating vegetables. He's like a man baby, an adult child when it comes to food. And I, like a parent, worry about his intake of nutrients that normal people would eat in vegetables. So when it comes to taking vitamins Our partners at Care Of really do help us out. Care Of is a subscription service that makes it super easy to get vitamins, protein powders and more personalised and delivered straight to your door. So Rich and I had jumped online. We both do our online quiz that is so easy via the Care Of website and it asks questions about your diet, no vegetables, health goals, lifestyle choices. And then after you finish the quiz, it creates a scientifically backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders and extras that are good just for you. They then deliver them straight to your door in lovely personalised packaging so you can't forget to take them or get them mixed up with your partner. This month, I added the new Care of Protein Powders to my order, which are made up with organic ingredients like cocoa, Himalayan pink salt, and whey. Whey! From free-range grass-fed cows in Ireland. Can't do the accent. Of course, vegan and vegetarian supplement options are available to match your dietary needs, and you can track your progress with the Care of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. That's a good deal. For 30% off your very first Care of order, all you need to do is go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER30. That is takecareof.com. Enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER30 for 30% off your first order and health, health, health. There were some big chats in the BrideChiller Facebook community this week about buying wedding rings at the very last minute. Granted, this is something that a lot of people forget to do and then get to, I don't know, a month or two out and then go, oh my gosh, we don't have any wedding rings. And then panic and then go to a jeweler, a retailer, and end up paying a lot more money for a fast turnaround service to get things done. Now, you don't have to do that because our lovely partners at Noemi offer overnight shipping in the USA for free and super fast shipping internationally. Seriously, I am in London and I got my beautiful Noemi baguette diamond ring within three days of ordering. It was superb. The packaging was gorgeous and I've been delighted wearing it, flashing it around ever since. Noemi cuts out the middleman, which means that you aren't paying crazy markup prices for beautiful, quality, conflict-free diamonds and seriously some of the most modern and sophisticated jewellery designs that are on the market today. All Noemi rings and jewellery are handmade by a production house who have been in business since 1979, so you are in very safe hands knowing that there has been love and care put into creating your special piece of jewellery. Noemi makes your experience completely risk-free. You get a lifetime warranty, free overnight shipping and free returns for a full refund. They will even guarantee you will not find better quality jewellery at a lower price anywhere in the world. Head to Hello Noemi, which is hello, N-O-E-M-I-E dot com. That is Hello, Noemi.com. Use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. That is 
Hello, Noemi. Use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. Karen, we've got lots of very clever people that speak multiple languages. I am not one of those people, but uh, I love hearing from my bilingual bride chillers, and uh, it's great to see that they want to try and bring an element of their language skills and backgrounds into their wedding service. And a lot of people say we've got family travelling from Japan and Amsterdam and all these different places, and we want them to be able to understand the ceremony, but it can be hard when half of the I was going to say audience. They are an audience. Half of the guests Mm. speak English and another half speak Japanese. What do we do? And um, I don't know. What do you think, Karen? How do we incorporate different languages without it being restrictive? I think um, unless it's an absolute 50-50 split, if there is a sort of predominant language and you're worried Mm. about a proportion of guests not not feeling part of it or included, um, you know, go with that predominant language and and bring in elements of the of the second language during the ceremony or translate specific elements have a witness or your officiant perhaps get involved or whoever it is a member of the family to to translate really symbolic Mm. bits again I come back to the guests like you don't want your guests to be sitting there you know thinking oh my god half of it I'm listening to half of it I'm not listening to you Mm. know you don't want to make it so inclusive that you actually exclude half the guests every five minutes by constantly translating I think with your decision making put your guests as a whole uh, experience first with that kind of thing and you know they are not coming from Japan and expecting to have you know a, an entire you know they, they maybe want to see how people do it in another country or another sure. culture so I think feel sensitive to a point but also um, you know things like I think it's almost more important in elements like speeches you know can you translate element of the speech or can you you know in, in the party it, it's not just for the ceremony so I think don't drive yourself to bits kind of worrying about it. Um, people are delighted to to experience something different. I know with Jewish weddings, you know, many people have never, at every Jewish wedding, I can guarantee you there's some, at least some five to 10 people, often many more who've never witnessed Jewish dancing and heard Jewish music. Mm. And you know what? The thing, when they go back to work, when they go to work the next day, all they're talking about is the fun Jewish music and the Jewish dancing. So, yes. you know, embrace the fact that there's something different about your wedding or a language and translate the elements that are absolutely pivotal for your, for your guests to kind of totally understand. Konnichiwa, Karen. Um, <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about when you just if people haven't heard episode eleven, if they have not gone back after all these years and listened <laughs> to the episode, it was so delightful uh, for me learning a lot about the the origins of your blog, but also when you I'm just really telling your own story, Karen. By the way, um, <laughs> when you were planning your wedding, you said that in London, especially there were you know five or six suppliers or whatever that just did the weddings over and over again, and you wanted something a bit sassy and different, but still wanted to reflect your Jewish uh, upbringing. You still have a Jewish wedding, and that's how it all kicked off for you. And I think that's so great because sometimes we get stuck in our ways and we say, like you said before, oh, it's the same thing over and over again, and people do get a bit tired. They're happy for they, you, but they're like, oh, this looks the same. Well, first of all, congratulations on an incredible memory. I mean, 
Thank you. You're right. I did well, mention that. Those, that many you're very memorable. <laughs> and yeah, that was one of the driving forces because in our faith, and I think that it is, you know, a little more constrained when you're having a sort of religious wedding. Um, you do think that there are a million rules, and if you don't see how it's done differently, you are just going to replicate what you see. And if everyone's doing the mm. same thing, everyone's going to continue to do the same thing. Now, I'm a creative person, so I did have my own ideas for my wedding, but I knew that there were others that maybe weren't as creative that needed to sort of see the ideas, which is why I started Smashing the Glass to show what's possible and to showcase that we love our Jewish traditions. We are not going to, you know, throw them out at all, but we want to make them our own and make our wedding individual, even if it's just a tiny detail, like having the, you know, chuppah have little personal messages on the canopy rather than just a mm. Uh, you know, standard floral canopy. The chuppah is the sort of ceremonial structure that Jewish people get married under. And, you know, since I've started Smashing the Glass, I've seen everything from kind of crazy colorful pom-pom chuppahs to um, chuppahs made out of edible things to, I mean, everything. And then really raw, beautifully simple um, chuppahs. And again, the other thing that I like to show and what people get worried about when they're planning wedding is, Budget doesn't make a great wedding. And, you know, we never, mm-hmm. um, as an editor, I never choose weddings based on, on you know, how much was spent. Um, it, it And it doesn't make for a great wedding. And, in fact, sometimes the really memorable weddings are the ones with lower budget where you have to think outside the box a bit and do yes. things differently. So, um, yeah, it's all about the core message is sort of feeding into what's important to you and your partner and having the confidence to go for it. And some, I, I did a thread in my in my community about, you know, um, to the newlyweds, what's the one thing, if you could just pinpoint one thing that you regret looking back, if there is such a thing to sort of help the planning brides. And a lot of them said, I wish I would have been truer to myself. And wow. it's hard because weddings are about family and loved ones as well. It isn't just about you and your partner. And you do want to please them. I get that. So it's just about navigating um, that relationship and making sure that you stick to the things, like I say, that are non-negotiable and include others where possible. But yeah, they've all had their weddings or they're all going to have their weddings. This is your time and your wedding. I'm so glad that they were honest and said that because I think that it can be really hard to admit that you followed the path where you, I think a lot of people go into planning events like this and go, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's all going to be me. And then Mm. everyone, you know, then the voices start Mm. (laughs) and the opinions and then you feel pressure and obligation and it can be really challenging to put the roadblocks up and actually do what you said you know, just following your own path or at least saying, thank you so much. We'll take an element of that, but we're not going to go full throttle. So to have your lovely community feedback, you know, and hopefully have the planning people actually listen and say, you know what, maybe we won't be going as hardcore as we feel like we should. We should maybe, or maybe we could go harder. You know, it's just nice to have that that feedback. Well, I think when there's um, a religious kind of element involved, like a Jewish wedding, which is what my world is about with Smashing yeah. Glass, um, people do feel worried about making a mistake or not including mm. a certain thing. Or is it okay if the guys don't wear yarmulkes kippot? Or if we have mixed seating, is it okay? Like uh, we often uh, um, in my in my members club for brides, it's a lot about reassurance as well as as much as giving advice. There's a lot of support and reassurance going on because. There's not only the sort of 
rules that people think they're supposed to adhere to but there's also so i don't know about the non-jewish community but in the jewish community there's like a million opinions oy, i mean friday oy night dinners you can't parents. hear yourself think you cannot hear yourself <laughs> think for all the opinions and the shouting and the, you know, why aren't you doing this and why haven't you done that and who what makes you think you can do that and you just kind of you know um it's too much so yeah, um, unfortunately, in my world, it doesn't start with a kind of blank canvas of, hey, what should we do? Let's have like the word, you know, it almost, yeah. I, I I try to lead my my community towards that rather than the other way around. <laughs> That's nice, though, and it's so good. And let's talk about the community because I, this is something new that you've launched, well, in the past year, um, yes. and, but it's something new to my audience. And I think there's a lot of people in the Bride Chiller community that are planning Jewish or Jewish, as you said, say weddings that would really benefit from being a part of your community so oh my god Karen plug the shit out of it I want people to join and get the support they need because we've got a lot of um chillers from all over the world that I think would really benefit from it oh that's so lovely well I know that some of them the the brides inside my community love bride chiller as well there's a lot of crossover oh well thank you (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna shout I shout give her a shout out Taryn Alper I think her name is she loves she thinks she went to your bride chiller meetup in NYC and she's like a big, big, um, a huge part of our, of my, my oh, members. Oh, Taryn, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> she loves bride chiller podcast. So, um, yeah, I decided uh, about a year or two ago, um, to start a members club for my brides where they pay a small monthly fee, $25 a month so that I can dive much deeper with them because smashing the glass as a blog is, which is what it started out to be kind of advice and inspiration is great, but it, I'm not able to sort of guide uh, people and really, really help navigate and it, like I say, it's not just kind of the do's and don'ts of planning a Jewish or interfaith Jewish wedding. It's um, dealing with an awkward family member or maximizing your budget. It doesn't matter whether you've got £2,000 or £200,000, $500,000, you still want to maximize that. Um, it's never mm-hmm. quite enough. You know? And so, you know, all those kind of deeper issues um, and it just became apparent that a closed, uh, small private community where I could dive deep um, and gather um, brides to be in a similar position um, would would work well. And, and I'm delighted to say it has has really taken off. And um, as well as the support and guidance from me, there's the support and guidance from the fellow brides to be. And then there's also tons like literally hundreds of thousands of vendor discounts um covering all budgets styling locations there's um action plans and templates like earlier I mentioned the ceremony programs we've got a drag and drop ceremony program template a jewish wedding photograph shot list you know there's all kinds of stuff there's a you'll like this one there's a um spotify horror playlist that's all created ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one for free um, so there's <laughs> yeah, all kinds of great stuff <laughs> and we just add to it month by month and it's just incredible and I, I would love to invite any bride chillers listening to, um, I'd love to, to gift you all a, um, a free 30 days to come and enjoy and there's no kind of commitment if you want to leave after 30 days I'm delighted you've enjoyed it for what it is but I'd love to extend the invitation to your to your community to come and join us if you're planning a oh, Jewish nice. wedding or a Jewish interfaith wedding, come and join. That is delightful. How do we? How do they join? How do they get involved? So there's a special link for you for you bride chillers. It's um, if you type in brides 
B-R-I-D-E-S dot smashintheglass.com slash trial, T-R-I-A-L, and you'll get a free 30 days. Fabulous. And I will put that link in the show notes today and I'll send it out to the Bride Chiller community and send it with good wishes and vibes because I think people should <laughs> definitely take you up on that offer. It's very... Um, I think it's really important to be uh, part of communities that support you and that are positive and optimistic and also that can give you a different perspective that sometimes it can be really challenging when, as we said before, when you're in that sort of bubble, it can feel like, oh my God, am I making the right decision? And then you get some other people that are in that same zone going, yes, good, just make the yeah. decision or no, stop. <laughs> and also within sort of our my our Jewish community, it's also um, I think one of the special things about it what I hear from feedback is it's a judgment-free zone. You know, people mm. feel scared to say, you know, is it okay? You know, we don't want to do X or can we do Y? And, and you know, they, you know, normally when in religious environments, you kind of feel worried to ask those questions and it's the absolute yeah. opposite. There's no judgment and it is just the most supportive, inclusive environment with lots of kind of bonus goodies and discounts coming your way all the time as well. So I hope we can help some of your lovely chillers as well. I know you. I know we can, and I know you can. I really. It's funny with thinking about people's opinions, and especially on forums. And I always sort of watch people go back and forth, and then I, I look at things and go, "Oh God, who has the time to get shitty because someone else is not agreeing with your opinion?" Especially about if they're asking for advice. And uh, it's really nice to see. I think in our communities, look, everyone has an opinion, and sometimes it gets a bit shirty in the bride chiller community. But often people will calm down. But oh my gosh, who has the time to be an asshole? in a forum honestly I know and I you know and we we always it it all comes from the top and you know we we are leaders of our communities and we you know encourage positivity celebrate celebratory supportive you know and also Mm. share the struggles as well it's not just all kind of kittens and unicorns is it so we encourage kind of we've got hashtag wpw our wedding planning wins but we also want to you know support and we've got everyone's back and you know wedding planning shouldn't be associated with these kind of overwhelming emotion but it's it it is just worse and worse as the years pass by and I think a lot of it is thanks to the social media overload the information overload and you know I was speaking to someone in my husband's office the other the other week who's in her 50s she planned her Jewish wedding I don't know how many years ago 30 years ago and she said it was literally you chose one of two florists booked them mm-hmm. and then the next thing they just arrived at the wedding with a bouquet and and that was it yeah. <laughs> and it's just you know it has changed beyond belief and it's become stressful because there's too much choice too much information we're worried about making the right decision so yeah I am yeah. here to guide and help and make sure that you feed into what's important to you and extract it from all that overload and overwhelm yeah decision making I did a whole episode about the decision making process and it was actually good for me from a business perspective as well because I know when you're running your business you get to the fork in the road and you're like which way should I go should I take it down this path or should I take it down this path and you can get a bit confused and and it can be stressful and I know Mm -hmm. that in weddings as you said there is this the whole sticker shock thing where you first start wedding planning you're like oh my god this all costs what are we ever going to afford it or you try and find a wedding band and there's 45 options and you're like I don't know how (laughs) what's the difference between any of these bands Mm -hmm. and who's available and then you get into that world and you can feel so locked into it all so I did an episode about 
trying to simplify the decision-making process and using different techniques to really figure out what you want, but also not to take on the 45 bands, you know, just pick four and then make the decision from four. You don't have to keep over-researching to the point where your head explodes or you, you know, that's when you start to doubt and you go down that track of just going, I I, I just give up. I'm just uh, yeah. going to go and sit under the doona and the duvet, sorry, and, you know, freak out. I think, yeah, I think that's huge and I can't wait to listen to that episode. You'll have to let me know what, what it is, what number it is because – a big part of, you know, what I say to my community is it's, I, I encourage them to make quick and effective decisions um, so that they can move. The whole point of my bride's club, my, which is my members club, is to move them forward. I want to yeah. move them forward with their wedding planning. I, I No one ever stays stuck and you stay stuck when you're in the agony of making decision. And obviously, again, other people's decisions, uh, opinions enter that decision. And it's just the horrible place to be in. Mm. And I'd love to know what some of your strategies are, because we've got, we've, we, we sometimes use flow charts. So we've got things like guest list deciders, you know, where you put a guest through a flow chart and it's like <laughs> yes or no. And it's literally I, as easy and simple as that. And then the decision's made. But I need well, to listen to some of, more of your strategies. <laughs> well, it's episode 365. I just had to Google it then, Karen, because I couldn't remember off the top of my head but but I talked a lot about you know like pros and cons I'm a big pros and cons person but also then just removing emotion sometimes from decisions can be the fastest mm. way to make the decision I know that wedding planning is uh, I always refer to it as the biggest uh, emotional business proposition we'll have because we have to invest our money or someone else's money someone's money into making these decisions to plan a party, but also your heart's attached to it. So it's quite different to a lot of other business decisions, well, for some people. Where can you, I, you know, yeah, go, go for No, it. I don't want to interrupt you, sorry. No, um, you're good. You've got things to say. Okay. I can crap I on all wanna, day, Karen. <laughs> I just want to get um, one, one big kind of decision um, helper, which I want mm. to share with you just in case it's not in the episode, which has really, really helped a lot of the brides of in Smashing the Glasses community, is that something that I encourage is early on, ideally, in the wedding planning process, is come up with a really short wedding mission statement that you can keep bu- coming back to. For example, you know, something could be, our wedding will serve as a time for our friends and family to reconnect with us and get to know one another and enjoy a happy weekend in the mm. Hamptons or whatever That's it is. Right. Yeah. And then when you're kind of in the midst of agonizing over, you know, your caterer, the plate color and the china and this and that, and you think, but actually it doesn't relate to my wedding mission statement. So I'm just going to let it go and just pick something. So, well, you know, good. things, you just got one clear statement and it just kind of brings you back on track when you get down that horrible alley of kind of agonizing over frankly insignificant things um so yeah we love the wedding mission statement i love it and just take a chance for the love of god just take a chance (laughs) do something different and you know don't be worried about offending everyone all the time because there will always be someone offended by something and they just need to let it go and move on with their lives exactly and weddings are not planning a wedding is not the time to be in people pleasing mode because you'll have a horrible horrible a horrible time. And can I just say also, um, from an editorial perspective, as the editor, mm. as an editor of Smashing the Glass, um, any kind of fusion of cultures is a delight to witness and is 
almost kind of pioneering the fusion weddings to me are pioneering and they've each got their own individual look and their own set of unconventional rules and a kind of one of a kind take on spirituality and I love them so embrace the fusion embrace your backgrounds embrace your heritage your culture your love of different things and blend it into one beautiful seamless day Oh, my God, give her her own show. You just summed that whole episode up in such a good way. Why would I ever bother? Perfection. Well, when are we doing the next one? I'm not waiting another 365 episodes. <laughs> well, you can come back. How about you come back uh, in the next couple of months and we'll do a Q&A episode where you can, uh, we can invite the Bride Chiller community and the Smashing the Glass community to pitch their questions. Pitch? Like, oh, everyone's going to pitch it to me. Uh, <laughs> submit their questions. My gosh, I'm still in TV production mode from my day job. Pitch it. Make it happen. <laughs> Bad <laughs> uh, oh, energy. Do you still um, do that telephone thing where they leave you a voicemail? I thought that was so cute. Do you oh, still I do, do that? I do voicemail. Yeah, I love although that. There's a lot of lot of uh, questions in the bride chiller community where people just leave their you know written question, and yeah. I do voices uh, that are probably inappropriate. But let's do that. So I will put uh, a notice up in the bride chiller community, and I'm sure Karen, you'll put one up in your community, and then we can bring them together and then share these questions and answer them oh. in the best way possible. I'd be that? delighted. And if I'm really honest, kind of, of sort of 10 minutes in, I was like waiting for questions. I very rarely do like a live or an interview without real brides coming on with some questions. And it was, oh. it was an uncomfortable moment, but I powered through. God, who would have <laughs> ever known if you hadn't revealed the discomfort then? <laughs> but yeah, I'd like- love to. That would be a dream to do that with you. So I'd be oh, delighted. Well, good. And I like to make my, my uh, guests just uh, uncomfortably comfortable. <laughs> Very Seth Uh, Godin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I want everyone on the edge. Oh, gosh. Seth Godin is everyone. Go and Google him. He'll change your life. Um, Thank you. Karen Cinnamon, smashing the glass. I love you, Alicia. I love you. And if you ever want to do any three-hour episodes, I could literally talk to you for hours and hours and hours. It's just so much fun. And I cannot wait to share this with everyone and Across the planet, everyone should should hear you. So I'm delighted to have been. No, I really mean it. You're fantastic. So um, just call me your Jewish mother, okay? I'll accept my Jewish mother. I need a Jewish mother. Good. And you didn't. And I can I just pick up one thing? You called yourself culture free, but I know you included a Jerry Seinfeld quote in your wedding. I've got comedy culture. Sorry, let me also just readjust. Oh, I've got culture. Uh, It's probably just not attached to any. It's comedy and TV is my religion, and that's you know that's TV was my third parent. So there you go. And it did okay. Um, Everyone, please take Karen up on her offer for the 30-day option to join her community. As I said, I will share the link in today's show notes. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. This is episode 371. If you search for it in the little search bar, it will pop up if you are listening in the future or the past. I know that's not possible. We're time traveling. Um, Karen, thank you so much again. And we will be back with Karen in the the coming weeks slash months. She'll be back answering your questions and being freaking fabulous. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you with all my heart. It was fabulous. Thank you. You're fabulous. And of course, Karen, happy days. Happy days to you. The Bride Chiller Podcast, the only place a cookie cutter should be used, is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>